Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whenever and wherever this podcast may find you. To all you people from the future, please, no spoiler alerts. Welcome to the Did You Know Crypto podcast. Today I'm going to be welcoming uh, Ben Hunt, uh, author of The Epsilon Theory, a very popular blog and newsletter. Uh, I shouldn't really call it a blog, it's a newsletter and a website. And Ben is a big fan of Bitcoin and the community, but he is not convinced that it will actually be successful in its rebellion. And we go over this in the podcast uh, at large, and I think it was a very, very good discussion. I think it's very important to talk to people who are outside the circle of, of Bitcoin, who are outside our our sphere that we usually talk to. Uh, he is not somebody that's anti-Bitcoin, but he is somebody that does not believe, as we do, that it will achieve its goals. So I think it's very important to talk to people like this, especially people who are as tuned in and as intelligent as Ben is. I know you guys are going to really, really like this. So uh, first, if you guys could do me a huge favor, go over to iTunes, leave me a ratings and review. And next, if you could thank my new sponsor the very first sponsor of the podcast, eToro. They are a trading website that predated Bitcoin. They trade all the major uh, bit you know, or all the major uh, cryptocurrencies uh, to include Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, all that kind of good stuff. They offer some really innovative packages uh, such as virtual trading where you can practice strategies without risking real money, but using real trade books. And you could also do really interesting stuff like copy trading, where you could just follow a trader that you think is uh, is very good, and you can actually copy their trades in real time. It's a really, really cool service. You can buy and sell Bitcoin there, uh, just like any other exchange. And I think that you guys are gonna really like them. Head over to uh, didyouknowcrypto.com slash eToro. That's didyouknowcrypto.com slash eToro, E-T-O-R-O. Please go through that link. I'd really appreciate it. Or just didyouknowcrypto.com in the sidebar right there. So before we go into the episode, I also really quick want to thank you guys for listening. You guys make it all possible. I really, really do appreciate it. And I'm not just saying that. I really do appreciate you guys taking your time and putting your trust and listening to me weekly. So without further ado, thank you very much and enjoy the show. Today, I welcome Ben Hunt, co-founder and chief investment officer of Second Foundation Partners and the creator of Epsilon Theory, a newsletter and website that investigates trends in markets, culture and politics through the lenses of history and game theory. It's an excellent resource that everyone should be reading daily. It's at EpsilonTheory.com. And to very roughly paraphrase Nathan Hale, since I, I was kind of discovered it quite recently, and I only have uh, but one regret to give, and that's that I didn't start to actually reading Epsilon Theory earlier. But uh, but Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dustin. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. And before we jump into the rest of the discussion, um, you know, some of the listeners may not be uh, familiar with you. So if you wouldn't mind kind of giving a little background on yourself, uh, how you got into finance, how you started Epsilon Theory, and kind of uh, how you first kind of found out about Bitcoin, or how I like to call it, how Bitcoin found you. <laughs> sure, happy to do that. So, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of different things. I'm, I'm, I'm 55 years old. Uh, is my, my wife would say, I, I can't keep a job. I, uh, 
I, I got a, a PhD in uh, political science of all oxymorons. Um, got that uh, up up at Harvard. They they call it government up there. Political science everywhere else. Uh, and then I was a professor ten years. I was um, uh, first at New York University and then uh, with tenured spot uh, down at SMU in Dallas. Uh, but I you know I always had the the entrepreneurial bug and uh, I'm sure you recognize this and, and a lot of your your listeners will too I, I mean it really is a bug it's it's, it's not a feature uh, you know I was a uh, really a self-taught coder uh, you know I, I started my first software company while I was in in grad school um, founded another one uh, when I was a junior professor and then then finally left academia uh, and moved from Texas uh, back up to the to the New York area to uh, co-found a software company um, in uh, the this Connecticut uh, New York area so I it was it was very boring software but it was but that was a good thing because we, we started the company uh, the day the the Nasdaq bubble burst so we, we, we started that software company in March of 2000. Uh, but because it was a, a nice boring software company I, and, I, and I really mean boring I mean this was uh, uh, is for schematics and uh, parts diagrams for um, uh, construction equipment. Uh, so it really doesn't get much more, more boring than this. But it was uh, it, it was great. Uh, it was it was it was um, I'll, I'll say it was cool software, and, and we built a nice little company. Uh, you know, I, I sold uh, my stake in the company. This I guess would be about two thousand and three. I did two years of uh, venture capital, uh, and then. Um, you know, but one of the, the the early funders in the company was uh, the head of research at a a larger investment shop here in Connecticut, and he said, "Look, we're we're putting together some employee money, and we're going to start a little long short fund." You know, you're you and I we're always talking about about companies in the tech sector. Why don't you come here and try your hand at at the biggest game in the world, which is the game of of, of public markets. So uh, I joined that firm, and we were managing, um, you know, a little, a little hedge fund. Uh, this was in 2005. We um, did well in 05, did better in 06, did great in 07, and then we uh, we did incredibly well in 08. So um, that was a real career year for us. It was you know one of those issues, and I think this will be familiar also to probably yourself. A lot of your 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 readers, but uh, or your listeners rather, but you know there 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 are times in the world when when having an outside perspective is is really valuable, and and certainly uh, capital markets, public markets in in two thousand seven, going into the, the 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 big crisis in two thousand eight, coming out of it two thousand nine, you know that that was one of those times. It was. Um, it was very helpful that I, I didn't come out of Wall Street, that, that I did have a, a, a fresh or different perspective. And uh, so like I say, we, we, we did really well. So the, um, the money came you know, rolling in after that. We, we, we got the hedge fund up to about a billion dollars. But the, um, <laughs> the weird thing was that, that uh, from March of 2009 onwards, and, and this is an experience I think that, that, that so many uh, Hedge funds and, and asset managers have had over the past decade. For the March of two thousand and nine on, it, it was like you went to the wall and you, and you flipped a switch, 
and uh, just our returns just flatlined. Uh, you know, where we had been doing, you know, 20, 25% a year, even in, in, in 08. Um, you know, we, we never lost money for our clients, which is something I'm, I'm still really proud of, but our, our returns totally flatlined from, from March of 09 onwards, which, you know, not coincidentally is when the Fed and then other central banks in the world started taking such a, an activist policy with, um, you know, extraordinary differences in the, in the, in the way that any monetary policy had been run before. So it was, it was going into the, the summer of 2012, that was the summer where um, the euro looked to be on the ropes. And, you know, I, you know, I had a big short position uh, set up on Europe. And I was like, all right, I'd seen this movie before. I know how this is going to end. We are perfectly well positioned. This is, we're, we're going to kill it. And it was towards the, the, the end of the summer. It was, uh, it was August, in fact, of, you know, it's about two weeks from now, where uh, the, the, the euro seemed like it'd be collapsed. And then, uh, then, and then Mario Draghi comes out and says, well, we'll do whatever it takes and makes a couple more speeches and everything shifts on a dime. And, you know, we, we navigated that that lost fine. Like I say, we never lost money for our clients. And, but, 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 but I, but I was kicked in the teeth. You know, Mario Draghi kicked me in the teeth in the summer of 2012 with his words, uh, with, with nothing but words. And, and that was the moment for me where I realized, you know, this, this just isn't working. Uh, you know, what, what we do, the way we think about investing, it isn't working. So, the end of 2012, you know, and my, my wife still hasn't forgiven me for this, but we, we gave all the money back. Uh, we, we gave all the money back to clients. And, and, and I said, well, I, I want to try to figure out, well, well, what does work? How do we think about how words and narrative have, have really supplanted fundamentals in driving market outcomes? So I, I started writing about this, and this is the, the, the blog, you know, I named Epsilon Theory. So this is the summer of 2013. And it's, the name comes from the, really the most basic formula for understanding, or, or at least the, the traditional uh, economic way of understanding, uh, academic economic way of understanding uh, portfolio management, which is that your returns in a portfolio are equal to alpha, Right, the, the the idiosyncratic returns that, that that you figure out the way you beat the market, uh, plus beta, which is how you track the general market, and then in this equation, everybody forgets this, but but all these econometric equations have this. They they have plus epsilon, the e term, the e term for error, and the truth is is that everything we think of in terms of behavioral economics. Everything we think of in terms of, uh, uh, I'll call to use a poker play, a poker, uh, you know, expression, playing the player rather than playing the cards. That's not really error, right? But it, but it, but that's where it lives in in our traditional uh, academic economic understanding of how how uh, portfolios uh, work. So I, I called this epsilon theory. I called my blog epsilon theory, and I, I started writing a little note and, and I sent it email to, to a hundred friends and you know former clients. And it 
it really struck a chord, Dustin. I, I you know, so again, this is the summer of 2013 with a with a hundred emails, and and since then, I mean, we've got about a hundred thousand uh, people on our email list today, and that that's all through word of mouth, uh, all from um, uh, people adopting it and putting it on, and and it's and it's really changed the way I, I, I think about the world because I, I really started writing Epsilon Theory that summer of 2013 from a, I'll call it a pretty dark place. I was trying to figure it out and, and I didn't think anybody else understood or, or was experiencing the same really crisis of faith because what, what, what's being challenged here are all of our old assumptions about what makes markets work. And, and, and I, what I've learned is, is that Everyone, or, or tens of thousands of professional investors, are being racked by these same sort of uh, uh, crisis of faith and trying to figure it out. So, I, I uh, about six months later, I joined a firm, uh, an asset manager, uh, Houston, called uh, Salient Partners, uh, managed about thirteen billion, and I, I was their strategist and chief risk officer, and really got a chance to keep writing and keep trying to figure this out. And then I, I had the opportunity to take this all independent uh, last fall. So that's my company now, Second Foundation Partners. Uh, it's, a, it's a nod, a, a reference to the, the Isaac Asimov uh, Foundation trilogy, the science fiction trilogy. And since last fall, what I do is it, with my partner, uh, Rusty Gwynn, we write, uh, we do research, uh, and we do consulting for for uh, institutional investors. So, you know, that's, that's the nickel tour of, 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 of my career and where it come out and, and, and what we're particularly focused on and what you'll see if you go to the website is that we're, we're really, um, I think, we, we've made some significant breakthroughs in applications of, of natural language processing, uh, NLP, uh, to uh, investments. Uh, and uh, that's where we do most of our research. This is the research that I did 30 years ago when I was uh, you know, writing my PhD in my first book. We didn't call it natural language processing back then. And I'd have undergrads code you know, newspaper articles off, off of microfiche. And I would do my programming on a digital equipment mini frame. And you, know, uh, you probably don't have any listeners who are, are old enough to remember those, those old deck machines. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but, but that's how things have changed. So, so now where we have this incredible um, ability just to plug into computing processor power really as a utility, it, it's, it's really changed what's possible for doing a, a, a rigorous and uh, scientific analysis of narrative of the unstructured data that pervades everything we do in investing in politics. So, so that's what I write about. That's our that's our research, and um, that's that's how it got me where I am today. Uh, so, as far as I mean, obviously this this show is kind of focused uh, for the moment. I'm, I'm going to expand out actually a little bit more uh, in the future, but it, it's focused on on Bitcoin uh, mainly because I I first got into it. Um, for the for the reasons that a lot of people did years back was just kind of this uh you know distrust of of central banks 
um, their policies. And like you alluded to, the, the, the false signals that, that they create in these markets, right? And, and in my opinion, uh, lead to these boom-bust cycles that we see where entrepreneurs are given false signals of when to invest and when to save and all these sorts of things. Um, and I thought that Bitcoin would offer a, a better system. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm wondering, I guess we'll, let's just jump right into it because um, yeah. what really got me interested was I, I read a couple, um, or w- w- I was really excited to get you on because of your last, uh, w- one of your last articles, the, uh, the one on the Spanish uh, um, um, prisoner. And uh, I'd, I'd only been reading for probably about two months. So then that one really jumped out. We already had this on the books. So I was really excited to talk about this is that, you had already back in 2015 described Bitcoin as a as a um, if I'm pronouncing this right an effet rebellion, yeah, an effete rebellion, yeah, effete. It, yeah, it, it, that that was that was a slam, and I and I feel bad about that now. So I, you know, the, no, we've the, we've all been there. Everybody that's in in Bitcoin, when you first read about it, it makes absolutely no sense, or or even if it does kind of make sense, you know, you always have like. Like ever, I don't. There's very few people that immediately saw it and went, "Okay, this is this is a great thing." So everyone has well, their well, story. Well, I'll tell you something. I mean, it made sense, right? And, and I, you know, look the long history of, of cryptocurrencies. Not not in a, especially in, in what I think is an incredibly elegant um, formulation that, that 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 Bitcoin has. But what what really drove me to to, to write that note was that. Even then, when people were talking about this as being some form of, uh, I'll call it routing around the state, that this was an alternative to uh, the government and their their their, their use of fiat, I, I I think it's a very I think it's weak sauce, right? And what, what I mean by that is that when I called it kind of an effete rebellion, it's it was you know it was a lot of people in my experience, at least in this in, in 2015, who. It was kind of the equivalent of, of of getting a tattoo, but 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 not a tattoo on your neck, right? But getting a tattoo on your upper arm, so that you could you know cover it with your 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 shirt and go you know going to work, and nobody would know you had a tattoo. It, it was a very safe way of being a bad boy, right? It's like oh you know I'm a I'm a rebel against the the the, the system and the man, and uh, you know so I'm I'm in, I'm dabbling in Bitcoin, and. You know, I still think there's there's a fair amount of that, uh, but but what was really changed for me over the, the the last three years is is having such a coming to appreciate so much more the the, the positive energy in what I'll call the is the crypto community, right? That that, that it's not posers, and and that, it, that there are um, you know so many people uh, who you know. Like I was, and again, not to sound kind of avuncular, when I was when I was your age, right? You know, having the same sort of, of desires to change the world, and you know, maybe make some money doing it, and and that combined the the, the second big note I wrote about about um, Bitcoin was um, in 2017, and it, it was called "Too Clever by Half," and that, that that's still probably the most widely read note I've, I've ever written. And that was a note where I, I was saying, look, I, 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 I am what I like to call a coyote, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an, an animal that lives outside my farm here, and uh, they're, they're, they're really smart. 
and um, they're I, I I I just think they're fantastic animals, right? But they're they're very poor at playing the meta game. They're they're very poor at seeing the big picture, and and they and they always get end up being taken out and shot in the street by a, a, a an animal control officer, uh, and because they you know they 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 piss off the normies and, and you know they don't they don't know that you know kind of how to behave when all these people move out into the the country where I live now and. They think they want to live out in the country, and then they get out here, and there are a couple of coyotes that go through the yard, and all of a sudden they freak out, right? Because, you know, little Jenny and little Johnny are playing on the swing set, and they want to be out in nature, but, oh my goodness, you mean nature actually has fangs and claws. So this I'd seen exactly the same thing happen um, in the, the, the investing we did in 2008. Because the way our hedge fund killed it in 2008 was to recognize that uh, this enormous asset class that existed in mortgage-backed securities, $10 trillion worth of mortgage-backed securities, was really just rested on a single assumption, and that was that it was impossible to have a nationwide decline in home prices. And if you violated that assumption, then the, the whole house of cards would come falling down. And it's not at all that I think that, that 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 Bitcoin has the same sort of of I'll call it vulnerabilities. What makes what upsets me is that the coyotes I knew, the smart guys who didn't get the big picture, who comprised entire firms like Bear Stearns was a was a firm full of coyotes, and 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 again I'm using that as a compliment, and I that was a great firm. And in, and in April of 2008, that entire firm was taken out in the street and was shot as an example to others uh, by federal regulators. And, you know, it, it, of course, it wasn't just a, a unique case. I mean, it was rampant throughout all of, of, of Wall Street. And it, and it just upsets me to this day that, that, that so many of the, the, the coyotes, the smart guys who uh, we're trying to make a buck, and 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 we're but we're doing it. I'll say the right way by by through financial innovation. In this case, mortgage-backed securities ended up having their careers ruined. While at the same time, this this other type of creature that I talk about in this note, the raccoon, who are the con men and the hucksters, you know, they they got through the the, the financial crisis and the the. the you know, the devastation that hit Wall Street, they got through just fine. Just fine, thank you very much. And and it and it really struck me in 2017 where a lot of these raccoons, a lot of these con men and hucksters who had been front and center with the the uh the housing bubble and the and the mortgage-backed securities, right? And the liar loans and the Alt A and the all of that. They're back doing exactly the same damn thing with Bitcoin. And, and it, that was what really possessed me to write that note, right? Which is that what always happens in these circumstances is the government is very concerned about coyote control. They are always going to find a way to co-opt, to um, take the, the, whatever the new technology is, 
if it has to do with money, if it has to do with finance, they're going to the, the, the government will co-opt it and they will either take some coyotes and shoot them in the head like animal control officers do, or they'll domesticate them. But they'll let the, you know, they'll let the raccoons go free. And, 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 I, and I saw then the same thing happening with Bitcoin. And, and, and so that, I'm still seeing the same thing, right? And that, that's why I wrote the note about the Spanish prisoner, which is this famous con game, which is how I would describe Libra, right? So, so Libra and this kind of censorship embracing stable coin that, 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 that Facebook and, and the Libra Association is, is putting out, right? It's, this is how government ends up co-opting this entire effort, right? Because it, 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 and whether it happens with, with, with Libra or not, it'll be the, the next one or the next one, right? But essentially these e-cash, electronic cash is coming. And it's not an alternative to fiat. It is fiat, right? And, and instead, you know, Bitcoin's going to be relegated to the same role that, you know, gold true believers have had for the last 50 years. And, and, and I got to tell you, it's a, it's, it's a ghetto, right? I, I mean, you're, 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 you're given kind of a, a pat on the head and said, oh, yes, you're a store of value. Aren't you a good boy? And, 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 and you're put over here in a corner. And, and, I, and I see the same damn thing happening all over again. And that's what gets me frustrated and, 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 and gets me writing these, these, these notes about Bitcoin. Not because I don't appreciate it. I do. I, I think it's, it's, it's brilliant and it's elegant. I think that the underlying technology, when you, to, to, the, the, the questions of distributed trust are some of the most important questions I want to solve, right? But they're not about money. It, it's, when, it's when you try to apply this to the creation of money where you run directly into the existential nature of the modern state. And, and, and that is a battle that I've seen fought and lost before. And I'm seeing exactly the same thing happening again. Well, we saw that. I mean, Liberty Reserve was was squashed quite quickly. I think that um, that aspect of centralization was also one of the you know that that uh, kind of was probably at the forefront of the minds of of Satoshi and, and whoever else may have been involved in the project early on, because um, money is it, it, that is the underpinning of power for any nation state. If you don't have control of the money, if you don't have control of that purse. Um, whether or not the government directly controls it or whether or not they kind of uh, delegate that uh, to in the way that we do with the Federal Reserve, which is quasi private, I guess, if you want to call it that way. But um, uh, I, yeah, I, it's I, I take your point. And I, I, I highly agree that the question of the what the question that Bitcoin brings about is bigger than just money. This concept of decentralized right. consensus is a much bigger question and a much bigger um, you know, it's, it's that, that is the meta game, um, to me overall. And, and there, there's so many different aspects of, but actually I was wondering if we could go, if you could describe the Spanish prisoner con, sure. um, because when I was reading your thing and, and you had the, uh, and, and this is also, I'm not the first one to say this as well, but all the different quotes and things that you have in there to tie your article together are, 
are are great. And I'd never actually watched that Steve Martin movie. So I went on <laughs> uh, to Prime and I subscribed to Cinemax because they were the only ones that had it. And I specifically watched that right afterwards. And it, it was a great movie. Um, so if anybody is has not seen it, uh, should go and, and watch it after this. Um, but if you could describe the, the Spanish Prisoner Con, because it's not only will help them kind of understand your point on Libra, but also to kind of recognize this con that is kind of constantly going on in politics and in finance and all around us. Yeah, you're, you're so right. So, so you're right. The, the movie's phenomenal. So it's, uh, it's, it's by David Mamet, you know, the, 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 the playwright. So, uh, you know, some of your, your, you know, listeners might be more familiar with, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which is another, you know, amazing, um, it was originally a play, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, then made into a movie. Uh, the Spanish prisoner, David Mamet, wrote the script, you know, directly for a movie. And it's got uh, Steve Martin in uh, this dramatic role. I, he's just he's just amazing in it. Uh, it's 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 my favorite, uh, you know, like I say, dramatic role for, for, for Steve Martin. But uh, but yeah, he's a con man because the, the, the Spanish prisoner is the name of is it's probably the oldest kind of named con in the world. It, it goes back, you, you can read examples of this going back, you know, a couple of hundred years, and I'm, I'm sure it existed before then. But the, 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 the basic gist of the, of, of the Spanish prisoner is that um, somebody comes to you and, and they, 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 they're your friend and, and they seem a little down on their luck. And, and, and you say, well, what's wrong? And say, oh well, you know my 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 fortune and my you know my my beautiful sister are are being you know held prisoner. Uh, they're they're still back in Spain, right? And you know it's just it, I've I've just had to come to grips with that, but I, I just don't know how in the world I, I I can ever you know get my fortune back and 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 you know get my my beautiful sister out of this. Uh, uh, you know the, the the prison where she's being held by the by by the evil government. You know, oh, and here, here's a picture of my my, my sister. Is, isn't she beautiful? Isn't she beautiful? And he said, well, 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 surely there must be something we can do, my friend, uh, to, to to help you. And well, I mean, if there was a person, you know, who could, you know, kind of front the 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 money for 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 this plan I have, well, I, I suppose I, I suppose that would work. And you know, I here I'll, I'll put my I don't have a lot, you know, money myself, but I'll put everything I have into this, of course. And, you, you know, if, if if we're successful, why, why, you know, you'll you'll be doing such a, a good deed for the world. And 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 of course, uh, you know, you can have, you know, a big chunk of of, of my money because you're you're the one taking the, the the risk here. And, you know, I, I'm sure my sister will be very grateful if you if you know what I mean. And I think you do. And so that's that's the that's the gist of the Spanish prisoner con. Now, of course, you know the way it 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 actually is used by con men everywhere is it's not an actual human being who's being held prisoner, right? And it's and, it, and it's not actually some you know some bank account that we're going to try to to liberate here. It's what um, you know another film director uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock called a MacGuffin. So the MacGuffin is the object of desire, right? It's it's it it can be anything, right? It can it, it's some 
is some often noble purpose, right? Like like Libra tells you, oh, the why we're going to bank the unbanked. Uh, you will be doing such good in the world uh, by 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 supporting Libra. Um, and and by the way, I, I think you'll be able to make some money with this too. See that that's that's what drives the the the, the Spanish prisoner con doesn't work on a criminal, right? Because the, the the Spanish prisoner con, you're doing good, you're you're helping somebody out. If you're if you're trying to run the Spanish prisoner con on another sociopath, it's not going to work. Right? Because because the, the the motivation here to to free somebody from bondage oh and make some money on the side right that that doesn't work on a sociopath and and it also doesn't work on a, a really honest person right it it or or a person who's not very smart because they, they they don't get it right they, they they don't get oh I can really do something good here and I can make some money here as well. What it works on, it works on again. What I like to call coyotes, it, and 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 works on people like me, right? I, I mean, we want to do good, you know, we want to do the right thing, but we're also kind of on the make, right? I mean, we're also looking to make a buck, and so that's the person, that smart person, that really smart person who wants to do right in the world, but also wants to make some money. That is the person who is the perfect mark. For the Spanish prisoner con. And, and I think probably if every listener to this podcast is honest about him or herself, you'd say, I, you know, I kind of fit that description. I, I, I want to do right. I want to do good. And I also want to, I'm a little bit on the make, right? I'm looking for a way to make a buck. And, and, and what I'm telling you is, is that you are the perfect mark for the Spanish prisoner con. And the Spanish prisoner con is run all the time not by, you know, Steve Martin, sociopath con man, right? But it's run by political parties. It's run by governments. It's run by corporations. It's, it's, it's run by anyone who holds out for you. Oh, you're going to accomplish this great good. All we need you to do is we need to, you to commit, not your money, but your mind, Right. You come, you know, work for us here. Right. It, and, and, you know, you'll be doing so much good in the world and, and you'll make some money, too. It, it's. And what they're really trying to do, what they're really after is to take your imagination, your mindfulness, your time. And. They'll throw you aside. They they, they really will. And, and it's. It's it's again it's something when you start looking for it, and you'll 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 see it everywhere around you, and and so I I think that that is what goes on with so much around, um, uh, particularly in our financial uh, world, the the world the business of finance, uh, where um, you know if you're you're in this business long enough, you'll see this Spanish prisoner con being rolled out time after time after time. You know, it, it was interesting in your article, uh, the, the Spanish prison, you talked about how Libra is Caesar's coin. Um, and that was really interesting to me because it was kind of very synchronous with a, a video a friend of mine, uh, Vinamarni, had put out um, where he uses that same gospel story to make the case 
for Bitcoin, right? In short, uh, for, for listeners who are not familiar with, with, with this gospel story, um, it's basically some Jewish leaders who tried to trap Jesus into being kind of a hypocrite or what they really wanted was for him to publicly speak out against Roman rule. Um, so they ask him whether or not it's okay to pay taxes to Caesar. And he replied by asking them to produce a coin that could be used to pay the tax. And the coin had Caesar's face on it. And it was presented and Jesus said to give to Caesar what is the Caesar's and give to God's what is God's, right? It was a very, very um, um, eloquent way of kind of, of, of phrasing that without uh, being kind of trapped uh, in, in, into where the where they were trying to get him into. And Vin's point was that, um, well, I'm very heavily paraphrasing this, is that fiat money is, you know, is Caesar's money. Um, and your point as well, so is Libra, because uh, it is based mostly on, on fiat, um, as well as some other assets that are usually denominated in fiat as well. But um, it's, you know, the values of all those things are, are the scarcity of them are all based kind of basically on the decree of, of the modern Caesars of the day where Bitcoins, its operations, its scarcity is based on math. You can literally hash Bitcoin by hand if you really wanted to. Uh, it'd be very inadvisable because it's going to be a complete waste of your time to do so. But you can do it. it, it you know, the, the technology assists the you know the 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 operation of of the the protocol but it's not per se required it can be done if you wanted to by hand but you know math is universal or i should say that the the truths that math describes exist with or without kind of our recognition or interaction with it and um does this kind of uh, offer a counterpoint of you know bitcoin i, I did not totally get very theological on it, but Bitcoin being of God or fiat's uh, and Libra's of, of Caesar's as Bitcoin being a counterpoint to the, the modern Caesarian coin. Yeah. You know, with, with, with all respect, I, I think that's a, that that's a pretty flawed reading of, of both the, 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 the parable and, okay. and then also the, the, the current state of, of, the world and, and where, where Bitcoin sits in it. And what I mean by that, and I, and I really do mean the, this with respect because it, it's a, it, it's, because it, I'm, I'm, I'm a, person, I'm, a, I'm, I am not a religious person at all. Right. So, so I, when I, when I, when I talk about these, these stories, I, I think it, I, I read it as a history of resistance. Right. So the new Testament is a, is a, is a history of resistance. It, I mean, it really is because because what what came before the, the 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 Pharisees, you know, trying to to trap Jesus in in kind of advocating, oh yeah, don't pay your taxes. What are you crazy? You know, no, we're not going to pay taxes to that Caesar. What 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 preceded that was that you know Jesus was prophesied as being the the new king, right? That that, that he was going to come and and lead this revolution. That would overthrow uh, the the existing kingdoms, the kingdoms of man, and so the 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 Pharisees presenting him with this, they they were seeking to trap him because they they thought their trap would work. Because well, how can you be a revolutionary? How can you overthrow the kingdoms of man if you're not going to you know go after Caesar's money? And 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 this was I think the hardest thing to to, to recognize about. About the, the the revolution of of Jesus and the gospel, and again, I, I say this, I'm just not I'm not not in the least religious, right? But the but the revolution that that Jesus was talking about 
And the reason he said, you know, render unto God that which is God's is, is the revolution is, is in our own hearts. Right? That, that, that's, the, that, that's, that's the message, that the, that the revolution is, is not to take arms up against, up against Caesar and, um, you know, try to, you know, not pay taxes. No, that, that, that's, a, that's a secular world that, you know, you got, you got to leave that to Caesar. And, and it, it really is the same thing with money. It's, it's not that fiat money is, is that, that Caesar's and, and nothing else is. Look, you, you know, a gold coin, that was Caesar's money too, right? And, and a, in a, you can go out and you can mine gold the same way, you know, you can quote unquote mine, uh, you know, Bitcoin. So it's, it's the, 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 the point of the parable was, was not that, Oh, it's this kind of money that you should give to Caesar, but there's another kind of currency, another kind of secular currency that is, you know, somehow separate from that. No, the the, the point of the peril was that that all money, right, all mediums of of exchange by which the government taxes you. I mean, that's why that's why money exists, right? Because governments want to tax you, and and that what what Jesus was saying was you you can't play on that field. Because if you do, you will lose. And we see this over and over again, that if you, if you try to take on the state in that kind of revolution, you better be prepared to bring guns and bombs next, right? Because it, it, the, the, this notion that, oh, we can kind of subvert money and, you know, Government, because you know they're not very smart, they don't really know what's going on. That this will all just happen, you know, away from them, and it'll be too late. That's that's nuts. That that I mean, and and, and again, I it's not that it's being done, and we're seeing this today. It's, it's not that this all happens with a stick. It's not that this happens with you know a jackboot. It's it's not that we get uh, you know the uh, you know. Crypto exchanges get banned, right, or or made illegal. No, it it it, it happens. The, the the stick is through narrative, which is kind of where we're starting this conversation, right? The the stick is is oh you 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 you're thinking about doing Bitcoin. Well, don't don't you know that that only terrorists use that? What what are you? When, do, when are you still supporting ISIS? You must be. You 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 must be a terrorist sympathizer. Right, if you're if if you're dabbling in this 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 Bitcoin and, and the like, and, and and everyone listening to this to this to this podcast knows that's just ludicrous, and yet it doesn't matter, right? Because the widespread acceptance isn't going to come when you've got what we're calling game theory, the missionaries, right? The 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 the, the media is going to be dominated by these stories, and there will be show trials, right? There will be examples of this. And then the, the carrots, uh, if that's the stick, the stick of narrative and, and of shunning this, the carrot is something like Libra, right? So even if it's not Libra, it'll be something like it, where again, it's not censorship resistant. It's censorship embracing. It's, it's, it's just a dollar, it's just fiat, but an electronic form, right? So why, why wouldn't you want to use that? Look how convenient this is. Oh my goodness, we can, we can you'll get a, you know, You'll get all sorts of goodies for your, you know, e-commerce on Amazon. I mean, Amazon, I think, will be the next one to launch their, you know, their form of currency here. 
um, you, you get this carrot and the stick through the form of narrative, and that's how government co-ops this. And, and when, we, when I really think we could be doing so much more on these other questions of distributed trust that don't have anything to do with money, and the reason that people don't get you know, excited about them is that we're all coyotes. We're on the make. We're trying to make money as well as do good. And the, the tough love I'm trying to describe really is that same parable of you know, 2,000 years ago that um, you, you have to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And if you try to you know, make money while doing good in the form of financial services, you're, you're, you're falling prey to a Spanish prisoner call. Yeah, I I think that maybe I I just uh, I didn't I didn't word it correctly, but th- that is kind of my thought is is what Bitcoin is, is that it is that thing that's outside of of you know the not playing their game right uh, that it, that's the that if you want to win you you can't you know you can't try to play the game that they own the rules to. And and that's why I've kind of what I've always felt that Bitcoin was in a way. I mean, yes, it's money and and all that. There was a a gentleman in, in Bitcoin named um, Murad Mamadov who who talked about that the difference between Bitcoin and gold is that gold kind of needs the whole thing to come crashing down in fire and brimstone, right? Um, for it to actually, you know, if you want gold to replace fiat. Um, and go back to a gold standard. The fiat system really does have to pretty much just kind of just blow up um, for for gold to to, to rise back up. Um, in a lot of the narratives, when you talk to people who are gold bugs, right, it's always like, well, once this whole thing crashes down and we have this massive recession and reset and everything, the people are going to want a gold back currency again. Um, where he had always talked about how Bitcoin kind of didn't need to that it would just naturally it could now it can go either way, but that it could, you know, kind of in a military uh, term, kind of uh, um, basically in place, just replace um, things over, over time by not playing their game. You're, you're operating outside of it. But um, I, I always, you know, and that Bitcoin's very existence itself was a, a signal that, you know, subsidiarity or, or de, you know, decentralized consensus, if it's possible for money, it's possible for everything else, that its very existence was this kind of signal to the world of that we need to consider this made a game, um, uh, you know, uh, consider it that it is possible, that, that it's not just the status quo that we've lived under, and really nation states are pretty, pretty recent it's really not that old that we've or not that long that we've had kind of this concept but um you know maybe maybe i didn't word it that way but i do see bitcoin in that way that you described it as you know you're not you know don't don't try to 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 take up arms because that's what the the jewish um rebellions had been uh, up until that point even even after it was physical rebellions right. taking up arms trying to kick the romans out and that was never going to happen. The Romans were not going to. At that point, they were strong enough. That was not going to happen. But Dustin, let me let me let me ask you. I mean, because I, I think that, yeah. that that argument about the the, the gradual uh, the, the the gradualism where, where where Bitcoin becomes you know too big for the you know to, it becomes its own thing. 
it, it seems to me that conflates Bitcoin as, as a medium of exchange and, and Bitcoin as a store of value. And I, and the difference being, right, if, if it is, which is the, the narrative that I see for Bitcoin now that, oh, yes, we are digital gold. We are a store of value. And if that's the case, if that if that's your view, then you're never going to use it as a as as a as a medium of exchange. And no more than if I make an investment in the stock market, I'm going to use my stock market investments to, you know, buy a cup of coffee. Right. So it's it's. There's there's this kind of waving of the hands I find in the mm-hmm. in the in, in the Bitcoin community about uh, two things. One, this kind of conflation, not kind of this conflation of store of value and and medium of exchange, and then also the the, the other thing that I, I find the, the hand waving happens, and and I, I think Libra is is I think kind of being a good. Uh, uh, wake up moment uh, for a lot of people in, in the in the in the community is that if there is the potential for uh, I'll say a um, money to be made with this right that that for it to take over as a convenient and useful and widespread medium of exchange, well, you better believe that the <laughs> The smart guys at Amazon and at Google and at Microsoft and at Facebook are looking about again taking this over, co-opting this. It's you know the this the the people who are involved in Bitcoin aren't the, aren't the only you know smart coyotes in the world. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and what we're seeing with Libra, I, I think again is is just a classic example of. Uh, an oligarchy, right? A, a massive corporation saying, "Hmm, all right." There's there's a good narrative here. There's a good story around Bitcoin, right? It it it's got a it's got a good beat. You can dance to it. We want to figure out a way that we can control it, right? And we want to figure out a way where we can do it in partnership with Caesar, rather than against him. So that's what I mean about being it being set up from from the outset. Right to be permissioned and to be censorship embracing, not censorship resistant. And the, the 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 advantage of doing that is that you can tell a story of convenience, and you can avoid the the story which is there and is just going to grow, the story that cash and the story that uh, censorship resistant coins are the tools of of terrorists and criminals. Right, so the, the government wants to move us to electronic cash. Right, they don't want Bitcoin out there, but they also don't want paper money out there either. Right, the 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 whole goal here is to 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 exercise more control, not less. And 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 my my view is is that there's so much time and energy and effective resistance that is lost by again to to. Kind of to your point, fighting the state on its own ground, on its own terms, in the in the realm of money, I get why people say, "Oh, we're going to do that." It's because they want to make some money. But but again, my tough love is 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 that you can make money. You can make money trading gold. You can make money trading Bitcoin. Do that. Do make but make some money trading it. But but don't think that it is some. Tool of revolution 
right? Because because inherently it's going to get co-opted and it's going to be, and you're going to be co-opted if you continue going down that path. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I take your point. I And that's why I was having a bit of an, it's been a bit of an argument with, or debate, I should say, with some people in, in the Bitcoin community on Twitter recently. As yeah, so with the Libra hearings, it's been kind of on the front of everybody's, you know, on the tip yeah. of their tongue. Everyone's been talking about it. It was very interesting. Um, to me, it seemed very dog and pony. Uh, there are people in Congress that do have issues with it. But to me, um, whether or not it's actually Libra that you know is a you know quote unquote approved or whatever you want to call it um and and you know google's going to release their own amazon's going to release their own um probably you know institutional banking organizations whether it's you know jpm coin and goldman i've already talked about uh or jpm's already out there but the the con that that's already a foregone conclusion it's going to happen this is this is a dog and pony show for for them to you know you know, air out their grievances, but the like, like you said, they the the concept of cashless society has been something that's been wanted for a long time. The ability to track every transaction, um, to even even have you know immediate taxation possibly upon uh, um, um, with with the buying and selling of of you know stuff, whether it's at a garage sale or whatever. Uh, is very attractive, and plus having that panopticon of knowing what everybody's buying, where they're at is just it's just massive um and i i do see that as as a major major threat to bitcoin me personally i don't think in the long run i think that bitcoin uh is is successful uh but i think in definitely in the short to medium term what you're going to see is as you alluded to with the you know concept terrorism and drug running this these were memes that we saw in 2013 that never quite took hold um it was bandied about and I was I was kind of surprised that they jumped off that that uh, narrative. But I what I see is that once this um, censorship embracing coin jumps in and uh, it, and becomes you know starts to take root, is given basically the hominus dominus that everything's good. Um, that narrative is going to get spun up. That Bitcoin's the dark market money. It's the money that is yeah, used agreed. to buy the absolute worst things in society. And they're not even going to talk about drugs because that has started to switch. It, definitely in the last you know ten years, people are less you know they're not crazy about someone doing drugs, but the concept of it's uh, it's not as much of a punch. But you can imagine all the stuff that goes on dark markets as well that anybody from any walk of life is going to have a problem with um, because Bitcoin does not censor those transactions natively. It can't. That's what's going to get brought up. Um, and Libra. Well, Dustin, let me ask you a question. When you, when you say that you see Bitcoin being successful mm -hmm. eventually, what, what do you mean by success? Well, that, that's a, that's a really interesting question too, because does it, um, I don't see, um, I guess it depends on the timeline that we're talking about as well, but let's just say a uh, hundred years or something along those lines. I don't see sovereign currencies going away. Um, I don't see that, that this idea that most Bitcoiners don't um, say this, but I have heard some people go like, well, Bitcoin's going to control every, everybody's going to be using Bitcoin or whatever. I don't see that. I, I see that once you've opened up this Pandora's box of, of competing currencies and it's very kind of Hayekian, 
um, in this kind of concept of private private issuance of currencies, that you're going to have competition constantly. But I see as far as for Bitcoin becoming a universally trusted um, store of value and then uh, other layers built on top of it using that um, to actually transact with. And you kind of talked about that earlier of store of value and medium of exchange. And this is a very internal inside baseball issue that we've seen even split the community in the last couple of years of which direction do you go first? Do you go for medium exchange yeah. or do you go for store yeah, of value? BCH or, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And, and um, so you'll, you, if you, depending on who you talk to, they'll have a different kind of opinion, but the consensus of the majority of people seems to be that Bitcoin, at least when you're talking about uh, market cap and, and hash rate, Bitcoin as a store of value seems to be the meme that that has that has come out on top, and and I tend tend to agree with that 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 that's a better at least seems to be what is it is becoming more and more accepted as what Bitcoin should be first versus a medium of exchange. But um, kind of jumping out of that, where I see it as being successful is that it's it's uh, you know it's beyond just a niche group of of. I guess you want to call us true believers. Um, um, and I use this term not in a negative way, but you know, there's, there's cults everywhere, right? So everyone's in a cult. It just sure. depends on on what you are. And, and uh, you know, outside of the Bitcoin cult, uh, we, we've had an issue breaking out past the, I kind of call it like the, basically the fourth wave, which was speculators. First wave was developers, cypherpunks. Uh, second wave was kind of political people. And the third and fourth-ish waves kind of intermingle as, speculators right people want to make money you know um the coyotes and, and a lot of raccoons and the fifth wave is really kind of the, the the average person and what they want is something easy they want a venmo they want something that's simple and easy to do where it's the path of least resistance and bitcoin has not done that um and where i see it is where we break through that wall into the next wave of adoption uh where it just becomes ubiquitous with you we, we don't have this problem yet in the West, really, where you have to worry about your your savings dropping 20% overnight, right? Or, you know, you found a $100 bill underneath your bed, um, and you don't have to worry about now that buys, you know, 80% less than it did the year ago when you dropped it. Um, but so I see this as, as, um, as being something that people um, gravitate to just because they know and trust that it is not going to, that they, they can trust putting their money into it and it, it holding their value in the long term and appreciating in value at some point we'll re- reach an equilibrium of what that value is. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and I'm, I appreciate the, you know, just giving me a chance to kind of ask a question that, that because it's, 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 these questions I've had, I haven't really had anyone to, to, to ask. And, and I will say, it's just as a caveat, though, um, if you ask you know different people within the Bitcoin space, they will give you a, a different definition of what they this is this is mine um, and where I see it going. But you know, this is just based on my very subjective experience and and um, you know what I right. believe. Right. Yeah. Well. For that, for that next wave, right? You're describing the the, the mass adoption. And, and and I'm asking this, this. This is not a pointed question. It's not a leading leading mm-hmm. question. What what gives you confidence that that broadly accepted, broadly trusted um, coin would come from 
an evolution of Bitcoin as opposed to uh, a Fed coin, right, mm-hmm. or a, a, a an Amazon coin. I, I mean, I mean, I think God, I hope the I hope Libra doesn't succeed, right? I mean, that's why I wrote the article because I, I think it's I think it's it's part of a larger con. But I think all of these are are, are part of a larger. Um, Spanish prisoner con, right? But, 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 but these cons work because they, they, they really do dangle the narrative of both carrot and stick, right? They, they, it's, it's so much easier for an Amazon to offer a coin of convenience, right, than, 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 than Bitcoin. It, it's so much easier for uh, a giant corporation, an Amazon, in in conjunction with the United States government, to say, uh, not only do you get the convenience, but you, you know this this is a coin that you know we're tracking, and so it can't be used by those darn terrorists, right? So, and and, and, I'm, and this is not a pointing question. I'm, I'm I'm I I want it, it's a it's a straight question, right? What what is it that gives you the confidence that that uh, greater adoption can come through Bitcoin as opposed to these other initiatives that, that are coming down the pipe. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to describe why, you know, X would fail in the future, like a fed coin, you know, because not knowing w- what the particulars are, but like just taking right. uh, Libra, for example, um, it's based in in fiat currencies that are you know yep. run by central banks that will continually inflate and and the kind of trajectory that we're seeing with debt associated with each each of these nations um, and and kind of the parabolic especially in the United States when we're looking at just the interest on the debt that we're going to be looking at in the next five to ten years um, is is astronomical. I don't have. And I don't, um, and like I said, I've just been starting to read Epsilon Theory within the last couple of months. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know your exact background, you know, what what your economic kind of, you know, school that you ascribe to. Um, but I, I don't believe that, in, you know, inflationary currencies uh, run by central banks, uh, it, that they, have, they eventually will, you know, all fail. The, the U.S. dollars had a really good long run and post World War II and Bretton Woods has really given us a lot of um plus all the soft and hard power that we've wielded to keep that in in uh in, in power over the years. Uh I, I just I don't have faith in fiat currencies lasting in the long run. Right. So if, if you're if you're bask if right. your backing is all fiat, eventually those by nature actually devalue over time. So your Libra is going to devalue over time. Where if you look at Bitcoin as a deflationary asset, uh, it's going to consistently increase in value uh, over time. There, there are issues with deflationary assets as well. But, you know, when people are, you know, in, in time looking at, well, you know, I've held this Libra and, you know, and it's lost two, three, four percent of its purchasing power where, you know, the Bitcoin that I may have bought, you know, three years ago has increased 20% or whatever, right? Where it's constantly increasing or if it reaches an equilibrium, roughly staying the same, whereas an inflationary asset constantly goes down um, over time. So they will, they will, in my mind, um, have to be, you know, as this fiat currency, you know, fails or whatever, 
I for what I feel that they will end up having to do is they will have to to compete with deflationary assets or at least much more stable non-inflationary assets. They will have to start to add those to their baskets um, and, and kind of start to render you know move the, the the concept of what they're you know if if you have a fifty percent Bitcoin backing let's say in the future then it's like why don't I just hold that asset in the first place uh, with what what uh, like let's just say they do do like a Fed coin, but they decide to actually do it right, or at least what we Bitcoiners would say do it right, which is a decentralized consensus. There's no centralized node operation like with Libra, where you have a you know at some point in the future have a hundred guys and an association who can dictate the state of the network. Um, they can change it. They can roll back transactions. There's nothing stopping Libra from rolling back transactions and taking money out of your account. Um, if they want to, um, let's just say they decide to, uh, abide by some sanctions agreement and they decided to dump out, you know, this country, which had a bunch of Libra now is no longer appreciated. And if they really wanted to, they could identify those accounts and roll that money out. Absolutely. And that's hey. why, uh, I, I don't see it as I see, you know, like you talk about it in a fit rebellion, uh, but with Bitcoin, for those on the outskirts, uh, definitely, I, I, that's where I see the, the, the major adoption. It's either going to be speculators in the United States at first, or, or in the West, I should say, uh, but also a lot of people at, who can't participate in, in Libra who or can't afford to. Um, so it, it's really hard to speculate on, on how that wins, but I see Bitcoin... And you talk, we talked about cults. We talk about faith, right, within these cults, right? Because a lot of stuff we do within our cult is taken on faith in a way. And this is, once again, back to a theological kind of concept. But they talk about Bitcoin's well, immaculate conception where it started and it grew before anybody really knew what it was, right? And it, it got that kind of much decentralized, wider status where now if you try to launch something, it's really hard because everyone's kind of aware and – the coyotes and the raccoons are running in going like, I want to get in at the, you know, at the bottom level to be the next Bitcoin. Right. So you see a lot of more centralizing aspects with anybody that tries to launch anything, which is why I understand why Libra kind of did what they did. And I don't see them ever as much as I say in five years, they're going to go permissionless and make this a quote unquote decentralized um, uh, protocol. I find that to be smoke and mirrors. I agree. I agree. Hey, Dustin, we uh, we've got to kind of wrap things up. I know no pretty soon. Yeah, of course. Let me give let me let me give you an alternative view, right? Uh, about about how Bitcoin can succeed, right? And 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 it and it doesn't rely on the notion of, of fiat currencies collapsing, you know, ultimately under the their their own weight. Because I because you know, I'll tell you that yeah that that is the gold view. Right, that, that 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 what you were saying there, you know, the 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 Austrian view and that 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 approach, it's 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 old wine in a in a new bottle, right? That That's fair enough. And I and I get it, and I'm sympathetic to it, but I I want to give you a more hopeful um, rationale, and and it's why I not just enjoy, but I think it's 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 so important. Uh, for 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 me and guys like me, right, to engage with you and 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 the community, and here's here's my alternative view of how Bitcoin can 
not just survive, but thrive. Because what Bitcoin has got going for it, and it's and this has been my big you know, evolution over the last four years. It's not, it's not the elegance of the code. It's not the math. It's not, it's not this particular aspect. It is the sheer horsepower of the people who are engaged in this project. There is a positive energy and I, I don't have a, you know, I, I write for a living and I wish I had a better phrase than positive energy, but I don't have one. There is a positive energy, uh, a, a spirit of the age, a zeitgeist associated with this community that is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. And, and this is why I want to engage with it. This is why I want to I hope try to channel this energy into a form of resistance, a form of sovereignty, a form of independence and autonomy that I that that I think is at the heart of this positive energy that can be realized without confronting the government head on on their turf on their on their rules. But there is this positive energy. There is just this raw intellectual horsepower and, and, and spirit in, in this community that's unlike anything I've ever seen. And, and to me, if there's, if there's a, a, what gives me hope, right, that, that, that all this can, again, not just survive but thrive, it's that, right? It doesn't, re- it doesn't rest in some, you know, Dead Austrian economist view of of debt or or or, or the like. It, it it resides in the ingenuity and the and the and the spirit of the people who are engaged in it on a day to day basis. So um, that, maybe that's a pretty good kind of line to go out on, Dustin. I I I, I I've enjoyed this so much, and it just every opportunity I can to kind of you know make more connections in this community it's a it's a blessing for me well no i i i agree i think that's a that is a great note to to finish on and you know i, I would like to thank you so much for coming on the show uh it's it's uh, late where where you are at and uh i i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation how can uh how can people follow you um and and get a hold of you and who do you want to hear from you bet. So it's uh, EpsilonTheory.com. Uh, my name's Ben Hunt, H-U-N-T. So um, you can, I'm at Epsilon Theory on Twitter, and uh, the, the, the blog is EpsilonTheory.com. Thank you, Dustin. Well, thank you so much. You have a great night. Appreciate it. <laughs>